0: So Clyde Thompson, we left him and he was there in that concrete building outside of the main prison all alone but with the Word of God. And he studied the Word of God and he examined his life. And Clyde met Jesus there. He sent word to his brother to come to the prison and baptize him And he was baptized. His life was turned upside down and Clyde began leading other inmates to Christ. Now a big part of the story is Julia. I can't tell much of that story due to time restraints, but she had been corresponding... She didn't, hadn't met him personally, but she had been corresponding with him, ministering to him by mail. They ended up falling in love. She believed that his transformation in prison was real, and she would not quit on this campaign to get him released. He had been in prison for years and years, and finally he was released. But the story really is like the meanest man in Geraza, Jesus had set him, Clyde, free. And he became a difference maker for the kingdom of God. The Spirit of the Lord worked through him in astounding ways. He became a prison chaplain. and had enormous impact. He and Julia oversaw a Navajo orphanage in Gallup, New Mexico. They adopted one of the little infants, Shirley Ann, as their, as their own daughter. And I wanted to finish, and and I've got several paragraphs here, but I think you'll find that it's pretty captivating stuff of what Clyde wrote about his own journey with with Jesus. So I'm just going to read his words. He wrote that man is the crowning glory of God's creation. God made man in his own likeness and in his own image, and that's why it is a sin to kill a man. There are eight people in their graves because I have lived. People who probably would be alive if I had not gotten them into trouble or killed them with my own hands. It is mighty sad to know that you have killed somebody and that you can't do anything about it as far as giving life back to them. And then he continues talking about his ministry with other inmates while he was still a prisoner. He says, I wasn't a hippie, but I must have looked like one because they only gave me a bath once a week and a shave once a week. They would take me out of my cell and down a corridor where men on each side were lining and there they would bathe and shave me and I would pass out literature. The guard was lenient with me, and he would give me 15 or 20 minutes to talk to those inmates. It wasn't long until I had three fellows wanting to obey the gospel. I wrote to a preacher in Dallas and asked him to come down and baptize these three men. He came, and the warden came around and got me and the three men, and they were baptized. Now, They didn't have a place in the Walls unit there at Huntsville to baptize anybody. And someone remembered this old deep bathtub over on death row and suggested that we use it. We went down the corridor of death row where men were waiting to be executed and where I had once been waiting to be executed. There I saw these three men buried with the Lord in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. I was there to greet them and say a prayer for them when they came out of that old bathtub where previously I had been scheduled to be bathed before my execution. And where I had supposedly taken my last bath. You think that wasn't a thrill to me? It sure was. A number of other people were baptized in that bathtub too. I continued to study the word of God. They finally let me begin to get other things in there to study. And they even let me have a light in the place. Finally they put running water in there too. They just fixed me up to stay. Well, I had turned back to the Lord, and I didn't care anymore about my freedom. I had already changed my attitude toward man, and it wasn't too hard to get this hatred of people out of my heart. He says, My life is a testimony to the fact that a person who has committed murder can be saved. I committed murder. And there are a lot of people saved in this world today because I've lived in it, even though there are eight dead because of me. I thank God that He used me for His cause. I thank God that He brought me to a sense of understanding that I couldn't save myself. The only hope was His mercy through Christ Jesus. And he writes, When one finds out... When one finds out that he is a sinner, lost, undone, and without hope, and he turns back to God, God will help him and use him in this world. Finally, they sent me out to the prison farm, and I did really well. I put the Christmas play on for Captain McAdams the last two years, and I'm real proud of those plays and the men who worked with me. Those men were from the Bible class I was teaching there on the farm. When I left Ramsey Prison Farm, I had 81 men in class, and 60 of them had been baptized into Christ. I want you to know how glad I am to tell you that there is a God in heaven who is a merciful God. And Jesus Christ, His Son, died for your sins. It makes no difference how great your sins or how small the blood of Christ is the answer, he writes. And then a faithful life unto death will bring eternal life to you. He says and I'll let him give the invitation here. If you haven't obeyed the gospel of Christ, I would encourage you to do so while time and opportunity are given you. If you have fallen short of God's will, won't you make it right with Him and live for Him in full dedication of life so that He may bless you here and hereafter? And whether it's Mark 5, the meanest man in Jeraza, or whether it's Clyde Thompson, the meanest man in Texas, their lives before meeting Jesus, both could be summed up by those three words. Lonely, lawless, and lethal. Everyone, Almost. Had written them off, men without souls, men ruled by demons. And their lives and their testimonies are witnesses to this truth that Jesus can break any chain. No force of hell can contest him, no grave could hold him. No sin that we have committed falls outside of the reach of His amazing grace. And know this, whatever your past, God is not mad at you. God is mad about you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to break you free. He wants to give you a life. So are you ready to make that decision? Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Will you open your life to Him? Will you wear the victory that He won for you at Calvary over sin and shame and even death? Will you wear that and be baptized in His holy name?